Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days he would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land he gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out to what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. In the 30th verse, the first, the 30th, 30th chapter, I'm sorry, the first verse, and it shall come to pass when all these things have come upon thee, the blessing and the curse. Now, if you'll remember, uh, uh, over in uh, the 28th chapter, and that's what he's uh, relating to, uh, the Lord God had, there was blessings and there was curses. Okay, now he says here, he says, all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all nations whether the Lord thy God hath driven thee, and shall return to the Lord thy God, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children, and all thine heart, and with all thy soul. And then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity, and have compassion upon thee, and will return and gather thee from all nations whither the Lord thy God hath scattered thee. If any of thine, th thine be driven out into the outermost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. Now, I want to stop there for a minute because this is a promise that is sometime down the road or in the future. And what he's saying here is that, that there's going to be a scattering, but there's also going to be a gathering, and it doesn't matter where you are at or what's going on, he is going to gather you Israel. He's going to gather you uh, Ephraim. He's going to gather you uh, Judah. He's going to bring you back to your place and, and, and bring you forth. Now, the fifth verse says, And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed. Thou shalt possess it, and he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and uh, that thou mayest live. Now, when you begin to realize that now we're talking about a different circumcision. In the beginning, all of Israel was circumcised. That was a sign. That was a part of the covenant that was made. Now Moses is talking about a different kind of a circumcision, which is a, which is a spiritual circumcision, but he's and he's talking about the heart of man. All right, now listen again at the sixth verse. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed. So in other words, it's not only going to be that one heart, but it was going to, it's going to be of all thy seed, of all thy descendants. Now listen to what he says to it. To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. So the circumcision of the heart. Now we, we've talked about that when God said that he would come out of the box, out of what we know to be the ark, and he said, I will enter into the hearts, into the heart of man. He said, that's what I'm going to enter into. And I will write my law, or I will write my commandments upon their hearts and put it within their minds that they will serve me. Now, he says here, he says, to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. So he is going to cause us. Now, now we need to stop for a minute and talk about what it is to love the Lord. And this, this is one of the, the points of Torah, is to understand that, that with Torah, we are in a place that is called loving kindness, that we are, there are certain things and certain areas in our lives that we all fulfill, just as 
It was even in that day. Uh, Moses appointed, if you will, he appointed uh, the, the Levites. He appointed all the, the sons of Aaron. And he appointed the captains. And he appointed the, uh, the, those over this and those over that. And those that were to make the golden things. And those that were to make the, the incense. Those that were to make, you know, the, 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 the anointing oil. So everybody had something that they were doing within all of the realm. That's not changed at all today in, in, in our, us as believers, as us observant Jews. Uh, we still today realize that we all have a part to play. Now, the key is, is to understand what that part is that each of us play, because it's important to understand. Some of us believe that, you know, that we have parts to play or, or know by, by an act of God, as God's speaking to us, that our hearts are to play. I have a point in a time from, from the bema, from the pulpit, and, and that we will fulfill that. And I'm sure that, that sometimes you uh, could get very... Uh, uh, uneasy about that, thinking that maybe now's the time that you do this and now the time you do that. But again, that, that's got to be left up to God. And again, it, you know, with God, and especially when the balance is in place, you don't have to worry about being somewhere before your time. And that often gets in the way. Many people become very jealous because they believe that they can. I've had people come to me and say, well, you know, I, I know that I should be right now in the fivefold ministry. And, and, I, and I can't disagree with them. The only thing I know is that I can't do anything with anybody until God tells me to do it. You know, and, you, and I, could I miss God? You bet I can miss God. Can you miss God? Sure you can. But the fact of it is, Moses's, Moses had a place. And his place was to appoint, as God showed him to appoint, but it was everybody had the opportunity to do what? To do exactly what it was that was given to Moses in turn for them to do. The old story was, you might as well get happy with it, because that's the way it's going to be. Now, a lot of people didn't, it wasn't, there was people that weren't happy. Well, we're not going to get that tonight. Let's go to the seventh verse. And the Lord thy God will put all thy, these curses upon thine enemies and on them that hate thee, which persecute thee. Now, now the, the verse 7 obviously goes with verse 6. But the key is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. And, I, and again, if you're going to love the Lord God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, what are you going to do? You're going to serve him. How are you going to serve him? in the capacity of where you're at now. See, I, 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 I can remember going through some things early on uh, before I got into ministry, and always it, it dealt with me seeing myself in, in the pulpit or the, or the bema. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, seeing yourself in the bema, the pulpit, but the reality of whether or not you were ready. I, I remember the first time the Lord spoke to me about going overseas. Well, you see, uh, you know, and today, of course, I look back at that, and I've had to talk to lots of young ministers and try to get them to realize that ministry is not something that, bless God, just because you've got a, had a vision or dream about, or God has even visited you about, ministry is something that has got to be formed. It's got something, it, it has to be, it has to be molded into your life. It's not something that comes automatic in your life, it has to be molded in your life. Now, just to give you a, a, some type of an idea as to how this works with somebody like me, what we do is, or what I, I do when I say we, me and the Holy Ghost, the Rahakodesh, what we do is I wait for God to speak to me and tell me that evidently your, your life is about where I talked about this anyway. He came to me, and, I, and I, actually I had gone to him, and I said, I'm going to tell you something. I said there's a a call to be an elder in your life. And I said, uh, when things are right and God speaks, I said, we'll, we'll, we'll get that done. I said, okay. And about a year went by, and 
and he uh, came to me and and he said to me he said he said uh, well he said you know he said uh, I'm ready now and and, and he said uh, he said I'm ready now and I said well I said there's only one small problem that I can think of offhand but I said hey, it's maybe not all that big a problem I said we're just going to have to wait for God to speak we're going to have to wait for God to speak and so uh, he looked at me and he said yeah well now you see it's been a year. And I'm going to tell you something. If I'm not wrong, I think it was almost another year before God finally said to me where I could understand that we were to, to anoint him and to bring him through that. Now, where's that all at? Was it better never to have told that that was in his life? Uh, no, it, it, no, because you see, by saying something to somebody, it begins to give them the idea to begin to prepare. Now, with God, there's a lot of things that God's watching in your preparation before the oil gets poured on you, a lot of things. You have to. You, in other words, are you going? Are you, then you're saying, "Well, now, brother Deckard, we're, you're going to have to wait till you get perfect." Let's hope not, because if that's the case, none of us can minister. All right, none of us can be anywhere if that's the case, and that isn't the case. But you see, God knows you and I, and He knows us very well. Amen. He knows us so well that He knows exactly where we're at, where we need to be what we're doing, what we're not doing, how deep we got our heels dug in, or how fast we're trying to outrun him. Or if, in fact, we're walking with him. He knows these things. So there's some kind of mechanism, and God's never revealed to me, and I, quite frankly, don't think he ever will, but there's some mechanism that is involved in this with God that he's looking, and he's trying to let you prove to him that you have come to that place where he can use you. Now listen, can use you. See, it isn't a matter of whether you can be used, it's whether he can use you. In my case, me. I was convinced that you should never start ministering until you were perfect. And God actually probably spoke to me as close to being an audible voice that I may ever hear and told me that if, I, if he waited for me to be perfect, I would never minister. And I, now today I can tell you that's, that's the truth, that I, I would have never administered because I, I wanted to be that right, right in, the, in the sight of God. So to love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, means that you can become satisfied with where God has you now. I'm going to tell you something about God and God moving in your heart. When there isn't peace in you, God can't move in you. There's not anything worse than being around people filled with the Holy Ghost that don't have peace. Nothing worse. Why? Because they're always upset inside. There's always some turmoil that's going on inside. The lack of making quality decisions causes the peace of Christ to, to wane or to, 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 to lift itself out of your life. Because you see, without making quality decisions, you can't stay with anything. You say, well, yeah, but I mean, I've cleaned the floor for, for, for 18 years. Well, you may have to for the next 18 years. See, it, it, it took God just a little time to get Moses ready. Amen. Huh? I said it took just a little while for God to get Moses ready. But after he got him ready, boy, I mean, he was a terror, wasn't he? But God got him ready. Now, so then it goes on down into this next verse and, and seven again, and the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies and on them that hate thee, which persecute thee. Now again, that's not going to happen back to the enemies until you love the Lord thy God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. 
And when you do that, and the fulfillment of that will cause the rest of the things to come to be in place. The eighth verse says, And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord, and do all his commandments which I command thee this day. And thou shalt return and obey. So evidently, there's, there must be times when we don't quite obey the voice of the Lord. Amen? Because he said, you will return. So if he's saying you will return, then evidently we've been somewhere. Okay? But you, now, 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 let me tell you something that's neat about this. I believe with everything in my being that there is a spiritual awakening that happens to God's children. And I believe that that's why that we as God's children, we're stickers or we stay. We're, you know, we, we get people that, and I'm not talking about people that come to this church and then go to another church. I'm talking about people that get into religion, and I believe that's what they get into. And then all of a sudden they try and they run a hundred mile an hour and things don't work out for them. And the next thing they know, they're throwing up their hands and saying, that's it, I quit, and they walk away. See, did they love the Lord thy God with all of their heart? They couldn't have. Because let me tell you something. Where the Spirit of God is, there is peace. There is peace. There's a place that you can come to with God Then all the turmoil of all the that goes on in your life, good, bad, and ugly, there is still the same peace that's always there, but it's, it's a matter of reaching out. You know, I found that a lot of people have never been able to walk into the peace of Christ and be able to hang on, if you will, to his, the hem of his garment, his, his talus or his talit, that they're not, they've not been able to do that. But he says, and she, she, you shall return, obey the voice of the Lord, and do, do all of his commandments, which I command this day. So you're going to return and do what? Part of them, all of them. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, and in the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy cattle, the fruit of thy land, for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy fathers. Well, boy, you know, again, the key is doing what? Doing all these commandments. And that's what we're desperately trying to do is learn how to do his commandments so that we can, we can begin to, 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 to reap this type of a thing. And the tenth verse says, If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book of the law, and if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, for this commandment which I command thee this day is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. So that commandment's not hidden. Why? Because he's placed that in our hearts. What's he put it in our, placed in our hearts? To love the Lord thy God with all of our heart and with all of our soul. That is something that's put in. See, again, that, that, that's where at times I have some real difficult problems with people or looking at people trying to find if the love of the Lord, see, if, if that love has been put in there, to love the Lord God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, if it's put in there, then that, that love... Now, 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 try to grab onto this. If it is, if it has matured at all, if it has matured at all, this love. Now, does everybody understand that this is the love that has been put into your heart, so that you can love the Lord thy God with all of your heart and all your soul? If that is matured at all, then you do not gainsay. You do not. You you don't do the things that you would rather do. You don't get into selfishness you begin to realize that we are part of the lot. See, we're not just it. We are part of 
everything that God's got on the face of this earth. We're part of it. And believe me, we'd have to be a very small part. But yet, if that part is a whole, it makes us that of Israel, doesn't it? Sure it does. So the neat thing is to, is to realize that that is there. Now, now, now let's listen again. For this commandment, which I command thee this day, is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go, uh, go up for us to heaven and bring it into us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it into us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thine heart, that thou mayest do it. Now, here is a real catch. If the word of God is nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that we might do it then what do you suppose happens when we don't? I want you to repeat after me. I'm not on this earth, not on this earth. to fulfill my will, but the, will. but the Father's will, through the Son and the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what we're here for. Now, when we make decisions and we begin to decide within ourselves, what it is that we want to have happen or we want happening, then we become in our own self selfish because if the word is nigh unto us in our mouth and in our heart, then what becomes the problem? There can only be one, one answer to that. In this case, I'm pointing at me. The only problem can be is me. And the only problem in your case can be is you. Why? Because the Word is nigh unto us. Why? Because now it's been taken out of that box, that, 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 that ark that we call the Ark of the Covenant, and it has now been written on our hearts, put into our minds. He says in the 15th verse, he says, See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. Now, this is really something to realize. And I'm going to tell you something, I really have a problem when it comes down to these choices, okay? He says, and we're going to, of course, 19, the one we use all the time, but, and we're going to work down to that. But he says, I have set before you this day good and life, life and good, and death and evil. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes, his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But, I just really never liked those word, that word. But if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall utterly perish and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land whether thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. So he's coming down to a place of saying, it's all in the heart, isn't it? If your heart turns away, how does your heart turn away? Your heart turns away by denying him access to your life. Does everybody understand where I'm coming from here? If you deny the Lord access to your life, if God wants you to be a plumber and you're an electrician, you're denying him access to your life. If you would know something like that, all right? And I'm using that because I'm not... I don't want to really get, well, I guess I'm going to have to. 
If the Lord God is, is, is asking you to be uh, uh, the doorkeeper of the church, and yet you want to be in the Bema, then you're, you're denying Him access. You're denying Him. Because you see, with God, God is the only one that has a reason why you could ever be the doorkeeper. I've often said I was the best doorkeeper that any church ever had. I was there an hour before. I stayed till everybody was gone. The boys and I, we turned the lights on. We sat and shivered in the, in the church in the wintertime till it warmed up. We went in and turned the air conditioner on early. And I kept the door. Everybody came through that door. They had to shake my hand. And I saw to it that they did shake my hand. Some of them would rather not shake my hand. But they shook my hand anyway. Why? Because that was my job. My job was to be there with a smile on my face and bless God to be saying that Jesus loved them and welcome them into the house of the Lord. Now, what's that got to do with what I do today? Everything. Everything. Because I begin to realize that with God, it's a progression in which God uses. Remember the word that says that if don't grow weary in well-doing? Huh? For if you do grow weary in well-doing, what happens? You faint. You stop. What's well-doing? Well-doing is what God has in your life. See, the Torah... The Torah is very strong about us being able to realize that God is supreme. God is supreme. Everything that we do in our life was given to us. Every talent that we have. And let me, let me use, there's some of you here tonight that, that are sports fans, these great sports uh, uh, fan, uh, stars uh, uh, that play all the sports. These people were given a talent that talent was, has to be developed. Now, obviously, uh, if not developed, they wouldn't have been able to have done what they did, and I know they worked very hard to become developed. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is, even though the talent was given to him, it had to be developed. You watch Michael Jordan make all those baskets, and, and, and I heard him say one time, well, what they didn't show is the shots I shot the last second didn't go in, and we lost, which I thought was a very um, uh, bold thing for somebody in his position to say. And it's true. See, you don't, you, you don't see all the years that he was frustrated. You don't see the games that, that he didn't score points in. You don't see those things. But it was in, in progression that the talent was there and it had to be developed. The talent in your life is being developed today. You may not like the way God's developing the talent, talent in your life, but the fact of it is that's not your choice nor is it my choice. I have often said there's a few of the talents that I just assumed that God hadn't put in my life, in my ministry. But the fact of it is, I can no more do any more about that than, than uh, somebody can do anything about the other. But you see, again, it's gifted by God. Say, I'm gifted by God. And you are, and it doesn't matter what you believe. See, I, people, I've had people come and say, well, all, you know, all I do is pray. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'd like to have a, you know, rooms full of those kind of people. All I do is pray. Well, the fact of it is, that's a, if that's what God's called you to do, then that's what you're supposed to do. Why? Because there's something down the road. God's got something for you. I'm, I'm satisfied that most people in what we call the church world today will never attain what God has for them on this earth because of their own 
self-made-up image of what they believe. They've heard some voice tell them that they're to be doing. I'm going to tell you something about God. God doesn't miss. He doesn't miss. I know I had one time one of the first elders in which uh, came to me and told me that, that he thought that, that, that he was supposed to, he was leaving because he was supposed to be in the ministry. And uh, he said, you've never, you've never put me in the ministry. And he said, I know I'm in the ministry. And, 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 I, and he looked at me and he, he said, well, what have you got to say about that? And I said, well, brother, I'm going to tell you something. I pray that you go out and become the best minister that God's ever put on this earth. And he looked at me and he said, well, if that's the case, he said, then why haven't you made me minister here? And I said, because God's never told me to do that. Never told me to do that. But I said, let me tell you something. I said, just because God hadn't told me, that don't, I don't know everything. I said, just, you know, I said, I hope that that, I hope you can prove it me wrong. I said, I, I, but saying wrong is that all I'm doing is waiting on God. When God moves, you'll hear about it. And, and so anyway, he did and he went on and, and, and anyway, he went on, but he never did fulfill the ministry. And I, and, and you know, I've always, and I've not seen him for years and years, but I've always wanted to be able to see him again and, 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 and tell, and encourage him. Why? Because there, he, he believed, in his case, he had had a, a dream, and in that dream, he was, that's what he saw himself as. And, and, and there again, I can't, I can't judge that, because uh, I don't know. But the fact of it is, he never fulfilled it. And that's, and, and, and so you can only believe one thing. I'll tell you something about getting outside the will of God. It's easy to get outside the will of God. It's harder to get back in after you get out. It's harder to get back in after you get out. Why? Because I'm going to tell you something. There is an angel of darkness that will come to you as an angel of light. Is everybody here able to discern an angel of darkness tonight? Don't think so. Don't think so. They can come to you. And if there's one thing that powers of darkness try to do is to get you out away from and begin to bend and mold you by speaking to you in the Spirit. That's the reason I've always said, you know, how many preachers have we seen that went on 30-day 30 30 day fast, came back to the church, in six months they were gone, all on fire and talking about the everything that happened during the fast. What happened in all that stuff? A, a familiar spirit came to him. And those things are real. But you see, when you keep things on track and you begin to realize that our place here is to what? Is to love the Lord thy God with all of our heart, with all of our soul. That is what we're here for. We're not here to find out how many millions of dollars we can get in the bank, how big of a house we can build, how big of a motorboat we can own or motorhome or whatever that is. We're here to serve God. Now, in order to do that, we have to let somebody be the authority. Now, who's the authority? God. Okay, let's go on. He says, 19 is then when we, when we have, I've preached for years and years, of course, with this. I call heaven and earth to record this day against who? Against us. That I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. So the choices are there. See, with God, when we stand before God, the only thing that God's going to say is, I gave you a choice. I gave you a choice. What did you choose? What did you choose? I, I didn't make you do anything. You chose. I gave you a choice. He says, he says, therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Well, how are you going to receive, receive or choose life? Well, God's word is life. 
It's really sort of neat to think about it. God's Word is life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. Now, His words being life, what God is trying to do is to bring us to a place of realizing that we must not only speak His Word, but we must meditate that Word. I, I hope that you're spending time meditating God's Word. If you'll spend time in meditation of God's Word. See, I still have a terrible, terrible time with people that are doing a lot of praying and listening to voices and that aren't spending time meditating the Word. When you'll meditate the Word of God, it'll straighten out sometimes those things that, 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 that sometimes we can start hearing this voice be telling us that this is this way and this is what you're to do and this is how you're to do and this is when you're to do it. Now, again, there are ways to check those things out and probably the grandest way that I know is to go do it. But let me tell you something about going to do those things. There has to be the thing that I started out in the beginning. There has to be peace. Anytime that there's not peace, anytime there's confusion, it can't be God. It can't be God. Because you see, God, God didn't come to Moses in a time of confusion, did he? No, God came to Moses in a time of peace. God came to him and, and began to give him all of Torah that we're studying even now, today. Let's go on. 20 verse. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swore unto thy fathers Abraham, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. And I really like what he's saying here. He's saying that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice. So how is another way that you love God? Obeying his voice. Obeying his voice. If you can obey his voice, you understand that. And then it goes on to say, and that thou mayest cleave unto him. How do you cleave unto God? Grab on and hang on. Irregardless of what you think, hang on to God. Irregardless of what it looks like, what, what, it, what it feels like, what it tastes like, Hang on to God. Why? Because God is, will sustain you. And God has a way of sustaining us. He has a way of bringing that peace that will let us be sustained. But I'm going to tell you something. One of the hardest things that I have ever watched is people, when things... And Moses went and spoke these words unto all of Israel. He wanted them all to hear. And he said unto them, I am 120 years old this day. So it was on his birthday. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord has said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. So it had already been told. The Lord thy God will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee, as the Lord has said. And the Lord shall do unto them as he did to, to Shion and to Og and kings of Armorites and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face that you may do unto them according to all the commandments which I have commanded you. Now, I want to stop there because what I want to say is this. Now, did that mean that all they were going to have to do was go over into the land? Not hardly. They were going to have to fight for everything that was in them. God said He gave it to them. See, God gives talents. You have, a, you have talents. 
Some of you have a number of talents that God has given you, but if they're not developed, what are they? They're nothing. God said, I have given you this Canaan land. It's yours. Go over, I'll go over, and I'll destroy the nations. And they all ran out there and they looked and said, hey, wait a minute, they don't look like they're destroyed to me. And then they found out what? They had to take the pruning hooks and beat them into, into, into spears. Had to make shields. They had to begin to train for war because they, they were going to have to go in and with every effort that was on the inside of them, they were going to have to go in and destroy these, these nations. Because if they didn't, they would be destroyed. So you say, well, why did God say that? And then them have to go in and physically do it. Because you see, everything works in the supernatural world the way it works. First, God declares what it is going to be and how it's going to happen in the supernatural. And then it has to be worked out in the physical. And in order for it to be worked out in the physical, you and I have to demand of ourselves far more than we probably have ever demanded. Why? Because it takes, it takes us coming to a place where we will commit to God. Now, how do you know whether you're committed to God? I, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people come and say, well, I don't know how committed I am. Well, only you can know how committed you are to God. See, I, I, if you'll study Torah, and I hope that you are, and I'm sure that you are, most of you anyway, you'll begin to find out something. They're first committed to God. Who were they secondly committed to? Moses. They were first committed to God, then they were committed to Moses. So what God does is, God evidently, and you go through the Bible, there's more than Moses, it became Joshua, and then he goes on down through the line, the prophets came into view and everything else. But what happens is that God does what he does, and he takes his authority and then gives it to somebody that can do what? Somebody that can use the authority? Had Moses been tried? You bet Moses had been sorely tried. See, authority doesn't come to anybody that takes it and wants to just use it. I call it the Barney Fife syndrome, the badge and the gun and the bullet. The God doesn't do that. What God does is God puts us through such a, a, a training course that when it comes time, it means nothing to us. Authority means nothing to me. If it did, I would be in trouble, and so would you. Why? Because I've had been in authority for years over this organization. Before that, I was in authority over business. So it wasn't something that was new to me. But the fact of it is, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean, well, I'm going to use my authority here tonight because, I mean, after all, I've got authority of God. That's not what that is because it doesn't work that way. It works in a different realm. It works in the supernatural realm. So he's saying these things, and let's go just a little bit further. He says, be strong and be of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Now, who is with us? The Lord God. How is He with us? He is with us in the supernatural realm. He will go before us. See, everything that God does, He goes before us. Now, one of the things that I, I think that you can, you can definitely count on with God is, if God said it, it's going to work. Now, sometimes we get wrapped up into this little game that when we know God's told us something and it don't work out, then we start yelling, the devil, the devil. And I'm really not an advocate of that because what I believe is if God told you that it was going to be such and such, that's the way it's going to be. Now, if it isn't that way, then you're going to have to decide one or two things. 
either you missed hearing what God had to say, and sometimes we can, okay, or you got yourself in a position, you got yourself in a position that as you begin to do or walk into that thing, that then you begin to misuse God's Word toward that whatever that is, and then it doesn't work out. So, they're, they're, again, don't get wrapped up into believing that just because something doesn't work out that you couldn't have missed God. We went through that in the Pentecostal and Charismatic movement uh, to, to great, great extents. We got believing that every time, you know, that didn't work out, our, our way, of, uh, our way of, uh, of saving face was simply to say, well, the devil got in the middle of it. Well, the fact of it is the devil is not stronger or more powerful or more authoritarian than our God. He is the authority. He is the power. So therefore, when God begins to proclaim to us, now again, how does God proclaim to you, to you and I? Through peace. Through peace. That's the reason I'm always saying never make a decision when you don't have peace. Never make a decision when you're upset. Why? Because you'll make the wrong one. See, I don't know how many people I've had tried to tell some of the ones that left this organization, stick around. Don't, don't just take off, but you give it, you know, give it some time. Make it, wait till you settle down. Don't make decisions just because somebody said something or you thinking something or what this, don't do that. Grow up enough to understand that, that bless God, that somebody that's telling you whatever it was telling might be wrong. And understand too that if you make a decision and you're upset, then it, it defiles everything that God is. Hear what I'm saying? It defiles everything that God is in your life when you make decisions when you're upset. Why? Because, again, God isn't a God of anything but peace. If God, you know, if God, and you know, I can tell through the years I've had people come to me and say, you know, Brother Decker, I'm telling you, God just, he's just telling me I need to, you know, me and my family need to move on. And of course, I, again, I never tell anybody they can't move on. I don't, that's between you and God. I'm not your God. But I always can tell if there's peace there. And if there's peace there, hey, that, you know, they're making the right decision for them and their family. Now, you, you'd like to think that you can keep everybody around. Well, you can't. You can't keep everybody around for numbers of reasons, most of them which are physical or carnal. But to begin to realize that when things are get tough, that's when things are about to happen in our lives. Do you realize... If I could stand here tonight, and I, I could, but I'm not going to try, and begin to tell you when I begin to watch the progression spiritually in my ministry take place, it was when I went through the hardest times of my walk. Still is that way today. When things really get tough, I know that I'm about to get closer to God. If I stand, you know what happens when you don't stand? You lose or you fail. And if you lose and you fail, you know what's going to happen to you? Then you're going to go back to the back of the line and start over. It isn't that God's going to give up on you. He's just going to take you to the back of the line and say, Okie dokie, let's run through it again because you didn't quite get it right. Don't you just love it? Chicky boom, chicky boom. <laughs> Don't you just love it? But you see, we're not trying at all to... To, uh, trying to, to show you that God doesn't do because he does do. What we're trying to do is to get you to begin to realize that there's absolute patterns in which God does. How many times 
Have we been ourselves in hard places and we just decided we quit? Too many, isn't it? You know, I always tell the story about the angels, you know. They're, they're out there doing all the work anyway. All we have to do is pray. They're out there doing all this battling. Things are getting tough, and they're getting tougher. There we are. And then we make a big decision. I quit. And they're going. About the time we're about to win, and he's quitting. I imagine when we get there, that I imagine we'll have some real visitations. <laughs> Don't you imagine? So say, hey, Deckard, how come you gave up there at such and such? Do you know you were just just within a, just a day, just within an hour, just within a minute? But everything is regulated by God. Please understand that. That your happiness is involved with God. That you stand today or you stand next week? Or you stand next month? There is a certain amount of standing that God requires of all of us that we might move closer to Him. And that's really what we're all trying to do is to get closer to God in it. And if I can, if I, you know, if I, sharing this with you today, uh, tonight, if I can get you to realize that most of us lose, there's an old adage, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Most of us lose when it gets tough. We quit. We let down. Poor me. I've just fought it all I can fight. I just, and the angels stand around saying, <laughs> what are you talking? What do you mean you fought it all, you can fight it? We're the ones doing the battling. All we're saying to you, keep the faith and pray. That's all we've been told. Keep the faith and pray. And what do we do? Well, I mean, poor me, poor me. It's just too tough on me. I mean, I, I've tried it. We've been through this thing, and I'm telling you, we just we're we're we're, we're going back to Baptist Church. We're not going. We're, you know, we're, we're, it's just it's just it. What is that? You just lost. The game's over. Now, 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 what is that? And I, you know, I've I've said for quite a while, and I've putting some stuff together to go back in to do some spiritual warfare uh, stuff because we're going to have to toughen back up. We're going to have to go back through a. Uh, every once in a while, they'll take a, the guys back in and put them through some intensive training. And we're going to have to go through some intensive training. It's because some of us have forgotten hand-to-hand -hand combat, and some of us have forgotten how to set the landmines, and, and some of us have forgotten how to shoot the guns and swing the swords and throw the knives and do all those things. Some of us have forgotten. This is a war. This is a war. And this war is out to destroy you and your families. And honestly, the devil doesn't care how he does it. He can do it. He can do it through you being spiritual. He can do it through, bless God, you you thinking that, well, poor me and poor that and all that. It doesn't make any difference. But his place is to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that I might give you life and give it to you how? More abundantly. Now, Yahweh, the Father, says, you choose. I put before you blessings and I put before you curses. You choose. So we have to make choices, don't we? We have to choose whether we're going to stand and fight this thing through or we're going to belly up and bless God roll over and God feel sorry for us and put us on in closer to Him anyway. Now, if that happens, you let me know. Okay? Because I got cheated. 
Because every time I bellied up, I got in the back of the line. Every time. Finally, I made my mind up. You just hang in there. Hang in there and smile. It may get worse before it gets better, but I'm going to tell you something, it'll get better. Why? Because the battle isn't ours, it's the Lord's. It's the Lord. The Lord is, is fighting the battles. You and I, we're just in position to take up arms, to do what we know to do, to stand. Stand still and know He's God. And that's really what, that's really what we're, that's really where we're at. Now, um, the seventh verse, then Moses comes back and he says, and called in Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all of Israel, so that all of Israel would hear this, be strong and, and be of good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto thy fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. He said, Do you cause them to? And the Lord, he is, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Isn't that quite a deal? He said, He will be with you. He said, Don't, don't fear. Don't fear. Don't be dismayed. He said, He's not going to fail you. He'll not forsake you. So when we're standing in the heat or the middle of our battles, and we're just down to the point where, you know what beats most of us? Self-pity. Say, self-pity is my enemy. It is. Self-pity is what beats most of us from entering into the things of God. Self-pity isn't from God. Why? Because God doesn't pity anybody or any situation. Because He came and He did all that there was to do and He gave us the authority and the power of His name, the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost. And then all we got to do is take His Word and, and beat, the, beat the devil right over the top of the head with it. Because why? Because it works. And that's why God wants you to know tonight that it works. The Lord God is, is, is appearing to us, not in the physical realm at this time, but in the supernatural realm. And He's beginning to set his forces in, 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 in array and beginning to begin to set the army up that we can begin to march forward and do what he's doing. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. There's all kind of soldiers. It takes all the, it takes all the military. It takes all of it for it to work. But I'm going to tell you something else that's going to happen in this last day. There's going to be a lot of soldiers that are going to get dishonorable discharges. You hear what I'm saying? Because they can't stand in the heat of battle. For all of you that have ever been in war, and some of you in this room have been, tell me that you really would like to have somebody at your back that's not real sure, not real sure that they're going to do anything but just sit there and look up in the air and feel sorry for themselves. See, that's what's going on here. We got people we're trying to we're trying to count on. But they're watching out this way, and we're watching this way, and there's the enemy. But there's also an enemy back there, but we can't see behind us. So this person back here is supposed to be watching out, and they're supposed to be taking, taking charge, and they're supposed to be doing what they've been trained to do. And instead they're, well, I don't think so. I've I just thought about all I want to fight. I'm going to go home. Now, what would happen if you did that in a real army? Could get shot, couldn't you? Well, you see, what happens when you do it in God's army? See, once you sign up, you're in. You understand what I'm saying? 
God's got a way about Himself, doesn't He? Once you sign up, you're in. You don't get, let me tell you when you get discharged, when you get to heaven. And I'm going to tell you then, it is an honorable discharge that you'll get. But there's going to be some that are going to dishonorably, be dishonorably discharged from God's army. Oh, they're still going to be Christians, they're still going to go to heaven, but they're not going to be productive. Because I'm here to tell you, when you get outside God's will, it's a tough thing to get back in. Because the powers of darkness will come and deceive. You come and begin to, begin to do all kinds of things, trying to show you how right you are. One of the, one of the things that I, and I'm going to close with this tonight, one of the things that you want to know, one of the things that I can share with you, that you can understand about God and the way God is and the way God does, is God will never have you dishonored, your leader. You know what I'm telling you? God will never have you dishonor me. How do I know that? Look at David. Saul was trying to kill David. He said, I'll touch not the anointing of God. Was it Saul wrong? Dead wrong. Did Saul get his due in the end? He sure did. But it wasn't David giving it to him, was it? See what I can tell you? But you see, it all has to go back to the Word. It all has to evolve around this Word. See, it cannot be what you think. It can't be what you feel. It's got to be what God says. That's the reason, again, it gets it, the, the difficulties really come when you get away from this and start listening to a voice. If you stay with the Word, the Word will not let you make a mistake. Voices are dangerous, and they can. Dreams can be dangerous. But I'm going to tell you something. You know something? I don't have near the problem with people having dreams or people having visions as I have with people that are hearing voices. Because visions and dreams uh, can, get into, get, can get into a couple of different things. But, but the fact of it is, it, it, it's the voices. So what I would adjure you tonight, get into the Word of God, listen to the Word of God, and understand. Love the Lord thy God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, with all your might, with all of your mind all of your strength and you will fulfill what God has for you. But if you're gonna if you're gonna get into this thing where all of a sudden all of a sudden you're you're not gonna be ready. You know when I was a kid and I was in the Boy Scouts, be be prepared was the was the battle cry. Be prepared. But we need the army of God to be prepared. Not to haphazardly serve God whenever and however and it's convenient and you get this stuff and and, and, and see as we read tonight, you have to be careful not to put other gods. You've got to be careful not to serve other gods. And other gods can be lots of things. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. See, that's the reason God said, I'll give you six days. You do anything you want to do. You give me the seventh. Because that day is holy unto you. That day is my day. That's a holy convocation. That day, that day is holy to me. Six days, you do all you want to do. You give me the seventh because that's a covenant that the Lord God made with you, with, with us. He said that's perpetual, which will go on throughout the generations. Now, when you didn't know that, well, that's one thing. But when you do know that, then you begin to realize how many times, it just breaks my heart to know how many years I broke that covenant with God. How many years that I broke it? And why did I break it? Because of man? Because of religion? 
because I wasn't listening to the voice that was trying to tell me what to do, and I, and, and I wanted to run around and do something. And it breaks my heart today to think what I could have done for you if I would have done that 20 years ago. And there's a lot of ways of looking at that, like, well, 20 years ago, well, maybe it wasn't to happen. I agree. That could be part of it. But also agree to something else, that you got to move with what God tells you to do. That I was slow with, and I've admitted to you I was slow with it. And God I, has forgiven me uh, for being that, that slow, but we make good recoveries, thank God. We're uh, moving along the right way now. So God loves you, and God cares about you. But he wants you to understand how this system works because it really works. And folks, it don't matter if you've been in it 50 years. If you've never worked the system, it's, it ain't going to work for you. If you don't understand the principles behind this thing, if you don't understand, you're going to go through hell if you want to serve God. That's all I can just tell you. You're going to go through it. You're going to go through, you're going to go through things that you just uh, seem unbearable to you. But if you want to serve God and you'll stand, see, stand still and know that He's God. That's the only way that you're going to know if God's going to deliver you. You tuck tail and run, you'll never see Him deliver you, and you'll never really know Him to be God. Does everybody get a hold of that? Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Shemalah, <laughs> 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 <laughs>